Hi, everyone. This is Alicia Halliday, and thank you for listening to this week's ASF Weekly Science Podcast. Exercise is great. It's one of those things like eating fresh fruits and vegetables that people don't always do as much as they should, but I've never heard exercise to be harmful. Of course, people should do it in moderation, just like everything, but even without the benefit of weight loss, exercise improves cardiovascular health, reduces risk for heart disease and stroke, and improves overall health. One issue that people with autism sometimes may have with exercise is issues with coordination and motor function. People with autism are also at a higher risk for obesity. That could be because of the lack of physical exercise, or it could be because of certain medications that people with autism take. It could also be because people with autism feel isolated and prefer to be indoors alone, therefore they're less likely to get physical activity. And it could be because all of these things together A recent review and summary of the data out there did show some inconsistencies about how many people with autism get enough physical activity, mostly because some studies don't report physical activity numbers at all. Some look just at sedentary behaviors instead of physical activities. The standards and definitions of these things are not similar across studies. It varies with age. And also, there may be other factors like the way that it's measured and the outcomes used that may make it hard to kind of put all these studies together and have a clear picture. However, one thing does seem to be clear is that sedentary behavior increases as kids become adults. Some studies are showing that there's no difference between kids with autism and those without on measures of physical activity. But mostly they show a decrease in physical activity and an increase in sedentary behavior like screen time. There hasn't been a study I have found that show kids with autism and adults with autism are more active than those without autism. Despite the methods of study used, physical activity appears low and sedentary behavior is high among children and adults with autism. So targeted interventions may be warranted once we know more about what sorts of physical activities would benefit which people. Unfortunately, besides getting older, there doesn't really seem to be any specific predictor of low physical activity or high sedentary behavior that researchers have identified. So those targeted interventions are few and far between. But because exercise is a good thing, as Martha Stewart says, different research studies have been looking at different approaches to increase physical activity and decrease sedentary behavior. Now, these approaches include things like horseback riding, soccer, swimming, group physical activities, yoga, tennis, things that are physical education as well as physical activities. Now, the group activities have the benefit of allowing more opportunities for social interaction, but we'll get to that in a minute. Recently, another review, and thank goodness for these reviews because sometimes it would take forever to sift through all these papers, outlined and summarized some of the physical interventions that have been used in people with autism. Now, again, To be included in this review, you had to have autism, you had to be between 2 and 22 years of age, it had to look at an actual outcome. Again, the interventions were anything between swimming, horseback riding, yoga, gymnastics, soccer, tennis. The outcomes could be physical markers of cardiovascular health, or they could be things like better motor coordination, manipulative skills, or social functioning. All of the interventions were not similarly effective on the same things. So let's start one by one. First, manipulative behavior and motor skills. Specific exercises did help people with autism on their motor skills. Which ones? 
Well, rather than listing them out, the clinicians who wrote the paper suggested that they depend on theoretically sound intervention strategies. They should be based on the literature. You don't want to take someone who has no interest in tennis, does not like tennis, cannot play tennis, using tennis as a physical activity. They're not going to like it. It's not going to work. They should also be delivered by trained physical therapists or other trained coaches rather than, say, someone like me who knows nothing. Those ones work better. Now, for muscle endurance and cardiac health, use one that's longer than 14 weeks in duration and those that use motivators that are individually matched to each person. For example, if you want someone to run a 5K, maybe at the end is a pizza, or maybe it's just the gratification of knowing that you ran a 5K. Now, what about the core features of autism, like social functioning? Well, there's been some meta-analyses and studies published. There's been mixed effects, meaning the effects are not huge and sometimes they're there, but physical activity has never impaired social functioning, in least experimental settings. Now, the ones that use physical activity to encourage play behavior in kids, promote interactions with the community, and not just peers, but siblings and instructors seem to be the most effective. Horse or equine therapy had an interesting effect. Some studies have shown that when a positive relationship developed between the person with autism and a horse, that actually improves social withdrawal. But clearly more research is needed and physical activity intervention should be used to complement, not replace other evidence-based treatments like behavioral interventions. Now, what about the ones that are specifically group-based? The group-based physical activities, they can be helpful too. Again, they allow for improvements, but they likely complement, not replace other therapies. You should only be asked to add a physical activity and group activity to your routine, not to remove anything. So these group activities, what exactly are they? They can be in a child's natural setting. They involve two or more people, and they involve an organized physical activity, which could be one or more structured sessions, which are supervised by an adult or someone else. Sometimes in research, they're compared to one another, and improvements over time are monitored. These are things like anything that happens in a group session. Even equine therapy can be a group-based physical activity. Now, across 11 studies involving 400 participants, and I'm only mentioning this because there needs to be more of these studies and these interventions need to be more readily available, they include soccer and group horse and even outdoor adventure programs. I have a special soft spot for the group soccer interventions because they include things like top soccer, like what scoring goals for autism organized by the back family and their supporters do every year for families affected by autism in the Philadelphia area. Scoring Goals for Autism offers the program to just allow families to get out of the house and kids with disabilities of all ranges of the spectrum to participate. But there are more structured experimental studies of these sorts of therapies on an outcome related to autism. Now, most of the studies in the paper showed improvements by parents or clinicians on measures of social interaction. There's actually very, very few high quality of these studies most of the 11, in fact, had some sort of problem. There really isn't enough evidence to say that physical exercise and physical exercise alone is helpful for people with autism, but under supervision, it doesn't seem to hurt. Again, I'm not suggesting that these replace existing therapies, but they complement them. And by the way, kids without autism benefit from them too. And that means things like equine therapies. Listen, if you or your child like to ride a horse, go for it. 
The research suggests it may be beneficial, but it's not helpful enough to replace OT, physical therapy, behavioral therapy, or even medication that is working for you. And researchers and I say that more research shouldn't just involve the outcome of, say, improved social behavior, but they should look at things like goal setting, problem solving, and constructive thinking. Is it at all possible that in addition to improvements measured so far, like cardiac health, that exercise actually improves function in the brain? Does it have any effect on brain markers in people with autism? Well, we don't know this in humans, but to look at this on a cellular level, researchers turn to animals. Researchers in Japan recently used the maternal immune activation of autism in an animal model to understand what happens in the brain and how different physical interventions can change the effects of something that produces autism-like symptoms in animals. Prenatal infection or virus, things that turn on the maternal immune system to an extreme level, have been shown to be linked to autism in people. This is seen in everything from bacterial infections, viruses that require hospitalization, the flu, herpes, and cytomegalovirus. The activation of the immune system rather than the virus or infection itself leads to an immunological cascade that in animal models leads to features of autism in the offspring, chemical markers that also match some to infants with autism. The field is emerging in this area, but maternal immune activation is still one of the more valid environmentally induced models and does show validity. So scientists have shown that the maternal immune activation induces changes in the brain. It also induces changes in behavior, including measures of social interaction, anxiety, and repetitive behavior. The effects were significant, but I want to make sure you know that I'm not saying that maternal immune activation is the only model for autism or that it captures all the features of autism in every person, but it is definitely a good place to start. They found that in addition to the changes in behavior that look like people with autism, there's also an increase in cell density in an area of the brain called the hippocampus where different memories are stored. Too much is not a good thing. There's an increase in cell density. That doesn't mean there's an improvement in function. There's also more than the usual number of synaptic contacts in the brains of people with autism. And this actually doesn't cause things to be better connected, but this too much connectivity impairs proper brain function. When these offspring with these behavioral and neural differences were given exercise as adults, The brain was able to prune back some of these extra connections, not all of them, but some of them. And as a result, the activity of these neurons actually changed. It does this by stimulating the microglia in the brain, which basically engulfs these extra connections and fibers and trims them back. It's like trimming branches on a tree carefully back to protect things like power lines, give more cover to bird's nests, or even let more light into a house things get overgrown, you want to prune them back. But how exercise triggers this response is still under research. But unlike some of the completely untested therapies that have an unknown mechanism of action, I'm fairly confident in saying that everyone should get more exercise. It does a brain and a body good. It might help your child with motor coordination and even social skills and improve their brain connectivity. Thank you for listening and I'll talk to you next week.